Wagon, my name is Ivan Kelly, striving to be a better version of myself. How are you doing? My name is Chisaka. I'm building it slow, but I'm building it to last. Hi, my name is Christine, a contemplative homebody and love of the mind. Hi, my name is Peter. I'm pushing the mental health narrative. I'm a mental health advocate. First time here. So, short disclaimer before we get into the episode. Anything that we say should not be taken as expertise of a medical professional. So, if you do need help, please kindly seek a licensed medical professional. And we are at How You Doing? And the topic for today is imposter syndrome. <laughs> well, on that note, let, let's start. Let's start. Uh, with a, f- a familiar game among us. So today the imposter among us is Peter. <laughs> Peter Peter was the former head of the mental health club. So he'll be joining us as we tackle on this topic of imposter syndrome. So yeah, thank thank you for gracing us with your presence, Peter. Thanks for having me, Ivan. Alright. So let's start. Let's start uh, with a formal explanation of imposter syndrome. It's imposter syndrome is generally considered a psychological phenomenon rather than a clinical disorder. It refers to the feeling of self-doubt, inadequacy, and a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence of one's accomplishment and experience. Um, so that's that's the formal view, the formal explanation. But as we, as we broke down in our earlier discussion, we came to the decision and the conclusion that it's not a disorder, it's not... It's not, you're not uh, abnormal, you're not, you're not messed up if you have imposter syndrome. It's something that's totally normal. Each one of us have it. Uh, you really pretty much can't do away with it. One way or another, it's going to catch up with you. And so just to clear the air, it's not a disorder. You're not wrong if you have it. And don't, uh, don't start complaining you need treatment and all of that. It's, it's a totally normal feeling. So yeah, um... Let's start by giving all our personal experiences uh, having going through imposter syndrome. Who would like to kill the us? Imposter, the imposter, yeah. for sure. Oh, <laughs> imposter? No, we. Very last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'll kick off with mine. Uh, so mine was with, uh, at work. So first day, just finished uh, a new course, thinking I was the first people in the market to know how to do it. Uh, yeah, thinking I'm, I'm really good at this stuff. I know... I know my stuff, uh, my way around it. So yeah, I get to the workplace. Uh, first thing you want to do is just leave a good impression. So I get there. I think I'm killing it. Uh, I do some extra work. I take it. Then he's like, Ah, oh, no, no, no. We don't even need this. Uh, l- l- let me show you. Let me show you what we did. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah bro. I mean, in an IT field, yeah, bro, the masters, the gurus are that stuff. You think? That, that's the, the maestro. Yeah, bro, I thought I thought I knew my stuff. My God, I was like, eh, bro, just take a step back, mm-hmm. just watch and learn. That's the day I realized, I related to the meme. Uh, you finish the course, then after that you start teaching yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's practically what happened to me. <laughs> well, we are terming Peter as the imposter, but I feel like the imposter here. <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn, I feel like you, the lot of you have more experience than me because this is my second episode recording. Nice. And... How shivers, I won't even lie. <laughs> should should I be here or should I just give my lapel to Mukami? <laughs> but scratch that. Uh for me, my uh recent oh a more recent experience is I'm reaching out to this individual and trying to tap into some new space and genuinely I 
don't feel like I should be doing that at this point, but I ha- uh, my family is backing me up, like, just do it, you know, just yeah. start. That's the initial state, but deep down, I'm afraid to fumble and I'm afraid to, like, paint a bad reputation because I, I feel like I don't, I'm not yet quite there. I might be having the skills, I might be upskilling, but hey, and to be honest, I'm black and he's white. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the best picture. So I'm still trying to work through it, but eventually, hopefully, I do the best at it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think for me, nothing of being um, afraid to fail fundamentally, um, Fundamentally is one of the main reasons why people have um, imposter syndrome. And I think for me, I think it was when I was starting to join um, uni and and I'm coming from this space, I've been told, oh, you know, you're so smart, oh, you're this, oh, you're that. So for me, my smarts were almost like a minimal effort. Like it didn't require a lot of effort for me to academic actually... Academic trees, academic trees. <laughs> yeah, to actually be smart or be considered smart by my peers and then i'm coming here and i'm like realizing my goodness i have to actually put in the effort required like you can actually fail just by having your general knowledge seated in the brain somewhere um so it really had to make me evaluate or reevaluate the kinds of things that i'm pursuing what kinds of outcomes that i need to achieve especially in my academic life and sort of changing that narrative that I'm always having to be considered as the, I don't know, the smart person. I'm just a normal person who can get by and with hard work I can get really far. So pretty much that was, I think for me, my experience. And I think it's also something that I'm definitely trying to work on even now. I'm kind of feeling threatened by very incredibly smart classmates. (laughs) Or classmates, it seems like God just decided to put the brain of Einstein and you were just left with Makopo Kopo somewhere. Trust me, those people just pick up immediately. They yeah. don't even have to, s- to struggle to study. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter, tell us uh, your imposter syndrome apart from today. This is deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think, I think I've experienced it more recently than before. So I just, I finished uh, uni um, last year and, um, I'm working at the moment, and I think when you know when you when when you go to work, the environment is quite different. Different personalities, you know. There's a lot of expectations, professionalism required, and I think I I'm that guy who gives the the A game, you know. And I think if you know me, I'm that guy who who just give it all to make to bring something to success, you know. Very ambitious, and I think. I've been in a place whereby either I'm told, hey, you're so ambitious, like, just cool down, you know, just cool down. But you know, you know me, I run with this adrenaline, like, I don't know, it's, it's something that I run with in life, like, I need that adrenaline, I'm always, I'm always looking for the next challenge, like, when I do this, what's the next thing, you know, like, where are we going next? So, I'm always ambitious in life, you know, but then, uh, sometimes, let's say, I found myself in environments with people who are not uh, maybe ambitious like me or who are not, who don't have this 
big thing or this let me call it crazy because some things I do are crazy or some of the dreams <laughs> I chase are very crazy you know mm. so you find yourself in that and then you f- um then I feel like am I am I being too much you know like I even question why am I this different you know like why is it that I'm this different different from other people and you know you cannot change yourself you know that's just who you are so the times I felt like I've suppressed my goals or I've suppressed even myself you know as a person my personality just to try and fit in uh and not seem like the you know the I've been called the too much like like why are you too much Peter you know why is just that I am at perfection okay I know you know we cannot achieve like extreme perfectionists we try mm-hmm. to give the best mm-hmm. but I think yeah there are those areas I found myself whereby um I'm just you know I just find myself like either the people I'm with don't share the same space that I'm in uh, yeah so those are that's just one of the example but I think in the workplace it can be it can be so real because you find different people you, all of you guys are chasing something yeah yeah um from that all we learn is that one way or another imposter syndrome gets the best of all of us yeah, okay not really yeah. the best but it does get us at one point in our life um like we said earlier it's not something you can run away from it's something that you probably happened to you but you just didn't even recognize that yeah, it was imposter yeah. syndrome yeah. Mm-hmm. um there are two ways about it it can either be a great motivator or a great demotivator you can either feel challenged to upscale uh become better at what you're doing or decide that you're not good enough and run away from the challenge and so yeah but don't, don't go for the latter always always try to fight so moving on to us uh, some of the causes uh one of our causes that we got were personality traits that was like exactly as peter said yeah. basically being a perf- perfectionist yeah. um some people you have it inborn some people it depends on where you're growing in uh some people in school the high academic pressure school schools that don't even want you to, to do games they just want you studying 24/7 yeah so that, that that that's one of the main the whole personality and then the second one was external factors such as your workplace environment and uh your surrounding surrounding can be the people you associate with uh your workplace environment and basically let's say the job you do there are jobs which will demand of you to be well knowledgeable well informed on what you're doing and if you're not if you're not if you're not caught up if you're not up to speed with them you will feel overshadowed mm-hmm. uh gloomed down upon and that that will really make your life hard so those are the main two causes of uh imposter syndrome is uh before you move uh-huh. from that for the perfectionism is it inborn or do your parents or family environment play a major role in it because i feel like when when you're born <coughs> let's give like x uh gets born and he gets like an uh, his academic in his academics he gets like an 98 out of whatever 98 out of 100 in his 8th 8th grade math right mm-hmm. then he goes home to his parents and he's like hey i got a 98 but the parents are like why did you not get a 100 yeah. so you tend to de- to develop that perfectionism it gets you know ingrained in you so over time you're like i was born a perfect but is it ideally were you born a perfectionist or do your parents create this mini religion in you that you have to give 100 you know 
because it also gives them the bragging rights to other peers they're like hey my son or my daughter got got a hundred in their math test or whatever so mm. wh- what's your thought on that like do we um okay i don't know if i'll be answering that question but i think there's another narrative and mm-hmm. that narrative is most times you may find it's a coping mechanism mm. and maybe i just need to confess this on my end <laughs> <laughs> i think i think most of most of the times i bury myself into something to run away from something mm-hmm. so let's say um i'm struggling with uh, something that i cannot handle or things are difficult on my side let's say emotionally most times i find peace in my work so you may find that or i find myself that maybe i lost something somewhere or i did not get to achieve something let's say in a relationship or something so i would try to do well on this other side mm-hmm. so i would tend to be like deliver and it's subconscious you're delivering a lot in this thing maybe it's you're like proving something to yourself so it's just that sometimes i think about this because i find myself i get so much buried into something oh my don't know i'm running away from something you know <coughs> so you, you tend to be perfect in this because maybe you've not been you've not done something else elsewhere so you're like okay. compensating mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so yeah well i think for that for the parents they definitely are parents who will drill uh they'll be like it's like in high in school you pass then you get you get a 94 then the teacher is beating you cuz they're like your student who should get a 100 yeah. i mean you feel like bro isn't this good enough but then you realize that um as you said it can either be positive or negative you can negative in the sense that you feel you're not appreciated and positive in the sense that you can see it as a reason for you to strive harder cuz if they see you are you're capable of doing it why shouldn't you go for it fair, fair enough but, and yeah there's also the the whole self uh, another one is the self let's say at this age you decide i'm just leaving university as a first class and then you decide no no i'm selling you you just decided for yourself mm-hmm. so yeah. it, it can be it can really be both sides but yeah the main one is uh the the environment the parents especially african they don't see sports they don't see art they think uh, education is the only way out so if you're not getting an a you're done for it yeah. so yeah it's it's really a both sided so could the causes can be both sided um the next th- talking point were the types of imposter syndrome the first one which we've kind of touched on is the perfectionist mm-hmm. you just want you, you want the best you're not settling for anything else mm-hmm. you can either be driven towards it because of certain factors or you can be self driven but at the end of the day what you want is the best and you don't want anything else but What do you, what do you guys what do you, do you think it's healthy to just strive for the best and not not nothing less Kelly it's working for Peter so <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the But uh, it it's working but sometimes painfully <laughs> No pain no gain <laughs> <laughs> Yeah uh-huh. Maybe, So yeah. you fall in perfectionist you, the type for you for the imposter syndrome you What do we have Radia Yeah it's perfectionist uh, uh, expert soloist natural genius or superhuman yeah oh should okay. we touch on all of them then we, we yeah, yeah. Oh, okay okay let's so the first one was perfectionist uh the type of imposter strives for perfection in everything they do expert an expert feels that they should know everything 
relating to the role, there should be an expert in the field. S okay, we'll, we'll come back and try and differentiate those two even further. The third one is a soloist. A soloist is an employee that feels they should be able to do everything without the help of others. A fourth one, uh, the natural genius. A natural genius tends to believe that they're faster, they complete a task, the more comp and, the, and they're more competent than the others. Superhuman, the fifth type of, this is the fifth type of imposter. The superhuman believes that the more, that the more roles they're able to take on, the more successful others will perceive them on. So the superhuman is the person who's, uh, who wants to be good at everything. Yeah, yeah they, like they'll take so many, so many things. Like I'm sure you even have classmates. Someone is in school. Now they are, I don't know members of, I don't know the drama society. I don't know they are choir members. They are, I don't know what. And then they're an artist. And then they don't know doing gigs in the weekend. And you're like, surely, how are you getting all these things? Oh, you have to settle on one. Because yeah. you will burn out. Yeah. Uh, the fourth one was the natural genius. This is someone... We've all met those people. Those people are just good at. <laughs> they do zero work. I man, I wish I was one like that. <laughs> it's those people who give you vibes of like you're writing an exam paper and like thirty minutes they turn the next page and you're still writing over there. You you're in an exam, thirty minutes the person just leaves. They're like they're done with it. You're yeah. like, hey, bro, Connie, Connie. What am I? What am I not seeing in this paper? Yeah. What? Not seeing the questions. You're not seeing <laughs> the questions. I mean. Or they hey. start pulling out objects. When they're in high school, someone starts pulling. You don't know who protractor set. You've read the question and you're sure. There was a tendency to do that. Like that. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, especially here in uni, uh, the people who will leave early because they finish the paper, and the people who leave early because they haven't seen anything in the paper, <laughs> so. Yeah, do, do, no, don't don't get pressured by people leaving early. They have their own reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh the third one, the soloist. I'm a soloist. I find efficiency in working alone. I won't even lie, because mm -hmm. I know at the pace I wanna move at this mm -hmm. particular point in time, then shift later. So working with a group is there's some friction. You're like, let's move fast right now so that we move slower so later, later on, yeah. or let's move slow right now so that we move faster later but they don't get the gist mm -hmm. so i prefer to do <laughs> work Edward, yeah do you do you see do you see asking for help a sign of weakness because i'm seeing here it's one of the definitions of a soloist hey before i ask for help i i'd rather you know trim the field with my bare hands. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It hurts. Ultimately, Can't you do? <laughs> Ultimately, to some extent, I do. I won't even lie. But before, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which type of a soloist? You hate being babysit or you hate having to babysit? I think I can't on both. I or hate both. babysitting. If you know you're supposed to do something, get it done. Just do it, yeah. Just don't, don't make me feel bad. And I also have been babysitting because I know what I'm supposed to do. So I'll have it done at my own pace, kindly. <laughs> I think I hate babysitting, but I wouldn't mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes like, you have a lot of letters, you just want someone to push you. <laughs> but I don't want to babysit. <laughs> I mean, being baby, it sucks. It, it does suck, but it also has its benefits. You know, like, if you can't do it, this person is just going to handle it. Yeah. But at the same point, uh, the whole being self-reliable, 
yeah, at some point you just have to face up and be the one to stand up on your own. So yeah, the second one was an expert, a person who feels they should know everything in the rule and they should be an expert at the field. I think yeah that that definitely suits me. Yeah. I mean I've been I've been busting my ass off ever since I got my ass kicked on the first day. Eh mm-hmm. hey, bro. I've been reading, I've been finding myself on YouTube videos. Have you ever been like you're trying you've learned something, you've learned something quite significant. Mm. You go there, try to show it, and then you realize, eh hey, bro, that's like nineteen eighty stuff. I mean like <laughs> still a long way. But mm. yeah, you just you just have to keep going, keep master your field. Uh, be a master of your craft. And now th- for the last one, perfectionist. Yeah, will will Peter? Would you like to tell <laughs> us more about that <laughs> one? You know, I'm just reading the definition of perfectionist here, and it's saying they tend to focus more on how something is done rather than the overall outcome. Now, for me, the results matter. The ends. And you guys, you know this from experience. <laughs> Every time we have meetings, I'm like, guys, where are we heading? You know, because I'm so result oriented. So I look at the result and I come back. So I've already imagined the result. The something I'm seeing. Like the event we're planning uh, for a podcast. I've, I was, you know, I was meeting with a, with a colleague and I have this picture in my head. And when I tell someone, it sounds crazy. But me, I'm focused on delivering that. Fine, I may fail on the way, but I'm focused on pushing it. So I have the results. I've seen how I want it to be. Now working from that point to it there. Nice, but you need some little craziness in the being normal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> true. Like I just get bored with. It's like different. when I do something this way, I want to do it next time in a different way. Yeah. I think I'm just addicted to it. Mm. You know, the challenge. Like do more. You know, just do something different, something new. You know. And sometimes yeah. it's like really hard to put people in that frame of mind that you're thinking. It's so hard. Because, like, I have this creative vision. Like, I already know, I can picture it. I'm even trying to imagine the gears that it will, that I will need to implement to make it work. And then someone is there looking at you like, yeah, like, dot, dot, like, happening. And it's sometimes so frustrating. I remember dealing with someone like that. And I'm just looking at this person and I was like, my goodness, is it... My frustrations that are clouding how I'm able to communicate to you what it is that I want. Yeah. Or are you the one who's just they lack blatantly, <laughs> are, you, are you like blatantly not listening to me? Because I found then later on it was like a mix of both. And then I had to, I had to realize, <laughs> hey, you know, maybe I have to look for somebody else who can help me get to the same capacity as opposed to this person. Because you have very far-fetched ideas. I'm drawing things from like very in not so related, like completely unrelated concepts. And someone is there like, how are you going to make it work? And it's very, it's, it can be very difficult because then now that person starts instilling that self-doubt and anxiety because you're like, okay, then they said this, uh, maybe, maybe I should reevaluate. Like maybe I should scale down my dream to be something that's more palatable for them. It yeah, is quite sad. Definitely a buzzkill. I mean, you're all yeah. hyped up, uh, psyched up to do something. I mean, you know there will be a challenge, but it's not a challenge that you can't overcome. But then there's someone who's like, hey, bro, if you want to do that, yeah, you're on your own. Why are you doing the most? I mean, I've been told that many times. Like, why are you doing the most? And I'm like, because that's... Do, why are you doing so little? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so I guess now it, I've had to try and like take the that spotlight away from that person and put it on myself and be like, 
this is my journey this is what it is that i want to do and despite these naysayers in the background it's up to me to see to it that i'll have done this and if i don't end up doing it it's something that i'll regret not the other person oh for sure like uh it gives you you either have to carry all the weight mm. or just do whatever they want to do but always stand up for the challenge it's more so fulfilling so rewarding when once you do it your way mm. so yeah i think based on that the listeners can try try and figure out which type of imposter syndrome you have uh ranging from the perfectionist the expert the soloist the natural genius the sup- the superhuman um you've had hours and i'll try try and work and figure out your own so moving on next uh with the coping strategies for the imposter syndrome mm. uh huh i feel like should we go to this uh the ones we researched or should we just do the genuine ones the, I mean, the ones that ones. have worked for for you yeah the ones yeah. that have worked for us mm. um Starting off with me, I'll say the ones that worked for me were just a eh, working, working on the weakness. It's a weakness. Fix the weakness. It's not. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be hard, but yeah, just do it. That's that's the simplest way for me. <laughs> What works for you, Peter? <laughs> You're attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been thinking and just introspecting on how this has, you know, has maybe affected me, and I'm looking at. Someone who's a perfectionist, but then tends to have self-doubt sometimes, you know, because I found myself in in a position when I'm told I'm too ambitious. I'm told um, um, you need to turn down to turn down on this, or it tends to affect me personally. So this is someone who's ambitious, but then sometimes tends to have issues with self-doubt. Mm-hmm. So I think it is much more, I think, heavy for someone. who has maybe low low self esteem low self doubt mm. because see quote in quote that's all they have you know that that craziness like for me I mean it's always the adrenaline the adrenaline rush you know so then you you put this this guy down now he's like i can't do anything you know mm. like someone told me that or you know someone so i think first of all i think what's very important is being very aware mm-hmm. and in the last few weeks personally for me i've been calling my friends I've been telling them about the experiences I've had especially in this transition period that that I'm in just to explain okay this is happening I don't know why it's happening and sometimes I never saw the biasness in me or understanding what is happening to me until a friend saw it in me mm-hmm. so I think first of all the self awareness is very important and you don't need to be fully aware just realizing those those small things that are affecting you you know I think it's better to talk to your friends about it and I think your friends know you better and they will tell you Peter you're like this you know this is who you are you cannot change but then Peter maybe you need to do this you know so i think sharing with your friends is very important because they'll give you a version or even they will encourage you where people have discouraged you and it's it's sometimes being um may not be really a weakness maybe a strength but just understanding how do you balance this or how how do you cope like you know you know how do you maneuver this in the world that we are in so uh, yeah so uh, uh having that affected you by people uh telling that to you probably in an improper manner how should we go around that let's say you do realize someone has high goals but h- how should you just tell them to kind of turn it down what what would you say is the proper way to to go around that that that's a good question ivan and I think people are different. We have different personalities. Yeah. You know, 
I am me, like, there are things that are different from you. Mm. So I think we have to appreciate diversity of people. Mm. And we have to be aware of, you know, those things about melancholic, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people need to be, to be aware about these things. People are different. So I think the first important thing for a conscious person is to be able to uh, understand a person. You know, understand who they are, how they work. Even ask them, you know, like, how do you work? I've realized you tend to be like this. You know, you, you tend to look to perfectionist. Understand a person first before even maybe you can consider giving them feedback. Mm-hmm. Give them feedback, not on your own judgment. Mm-hmm. Don't put judgment first. Put awareness of me trying to understand this is how you work. Okay, maybe is there a way we can do it differently? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's nice. That's insane yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a different i've never actually viewed it from that angle yeah because uh, most of the time you usually just think from you you're like hey bro yeah. that's, that's bias that's bias now. i just it's not doesn't involve me so you kill it <laughs> then then yeah, yeah. it doesn't involve me so yeah. how, do, how do you cope with yours i personally i think mine similarly echoes peter's in the sense that you know sometimes whatever is in your head and mm-hmm. what is in reality are vastly different so you could be here in your head thinking I'm stupid, I'm um, all these things. And your friends are like, um, are you are okay? You like, are you serious? <laughs> why, why would you be holding such ideas? So, like you said, speaking to trusted friends, to family members, to a medical professional if it's even possible, and trying to assess what, how can I cultivate the, my inner critic to be one that encourages me and pushes me forward, such that if somebody wants to knock at the pillars of my self-confidence, I'm not going to immediately go into an identity crisis or immediately start thinking I'm not good for this. So I think for me, trying to make a bridge between what's in my head and what's actually physically there has been instrumental in like trying to sort out these feelings of imposter and being like being a fraud. And then also like embracing failure. It sounds pretty cliche, nice. but like it's very easy to like go back and sit in that failure as opposed to be like, okay, I did this. What's the, what's the kind of sort analysis situation I'm, I can engage in right now and then like move forward. So that learning from failure is very, very key. That's mm. what I think. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I seek support. I'm actively, see, I'm actively seeking support. Shout out to my sister. <laughs> she listens to this. <laughs> yeah, I talk to her and be like, this and this. And What's this. her name? <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> you might attend this way. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll say, uh, uh, I talk, I seek like family support and she gives more direction because she's been in the workforce for a minute and she, I guess, has an upper hand on how to navigate some minor or hic- minor hiccups yeah. and i also view failures what you term as failures as learning curves for me i don't call them failures i'm like hey i didn't do this to my utmost best so how can we improve on that so that's a stepping stone i'm not looking to i'm building it slow basically but i'm building yeah. it to last yeah. oh i didn't do this to the best to the best of whoever to my best to whoever else so let's work from that but I like how you guys say what is in my head is not actually what's in reality but what I came to realize is you are the only person who doesn't believe in yourself people out here think you are a genius you 
presentation, you're doing a presentation, you're there like, oh, if I fumble this, that's only, but someone's like, if only I could be as confident as Christine or Peter, it's all in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, support is actually crucial. Then from there, build yourself, create a system that works holistically. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I definitely. Agree. But that's nice seeking support. You were the soloist, right? Yeah, I was the soloist. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm breaking. I'm trying to, you know, tweak the and there. Yeah. Make it work. I don't have friends, so that <laughs> that's why I'm seeking like family. But I'll, I'm looking to get into a, an opportunity where I can just phone a friend and be like, "Hey, look, can you? I'm going through this and this. What's your take on it?" But family works for now. Then yeah. eventually, I'll grow to a bigger scope. Oh, for sure. But even as you said, the whole self-doubt, uh, that's a major thing. It, it kills you. It kills you and you won't even know. Because uh, a bunch of people really trust your abilities. They see what you're doing there like, but I wish I was like this guy. I wish I was moving like him. Yeah, you're the only one who's feeling like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Well, if you let that get to your head, it will mess you up. And uh, another thing I was told was that when you meet a person, when people meet you, they set the expectations high. The only time they lower is because of what you've done. You're the only one who's gonna mess it up for yourself. No one's gonna mess it up for you. Yeah. So um, the same thing with self-doubt. Everyone has high expectations. They know you're capable of. The only one who's gonna make them think that you're not capable of doing so is you yourself. Mm -hmm. So challenge yourself to do the, your best and don't give up no matter the circumstances. So yeah, I think that's been a nice episode. To give it a quick overview, uh, we talked about imposter syndrome. We we acknowledge that it's not a disorder. You're not you're not wrong. It's something that ha affects everyone. Everyone goes through it one way or another. Probably just didn't recognize it, but you definitely had imposter syndrome. Um, there are various causes. They can either be yourself high, having high expectations on yourself, or external factors: family, friend, workplace, those situations which demand you to do better but then you kind of feel like you're falling short and you feel like you're the imposter among them. There are the different types of imposter syndrome, the perfectionist, the expert, the soloist, the natural genius, and the superhuman. We'll be sure to post this. We definitely need to post this to help you guys get a reference, uh, read along it, and try to, try to establish which type of imposter syndrome that you go through the most and uh, figure out ways on how to deal with it. Um... From there, yeah, we talked about various strategies. We gave you our own strategies on how we deal with uh, imposter syndrome affecting us as a person, how we move forward on it, and how we get out of the, how we deal with the feeling of feeling like we're being the imposter. And so, yeah, I think with that, we've reached a conclusion. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, ho hope, hope you've learned a lot because this has been a really informative episode. And yeah. We wish to catch up with you next time and thank you for tuning in to the How You Doing podcast. Before we close it up, thank you for Peter <coughs> for coming through. You know, it's been quite a pleasure having you here. Thank you. I really. hope you had a good time. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I've been this podcast for like over one, one and a half years, but but I've never been inside there, you know, the yeah, you get the no, right you now. don't feel like an imposter, you feel like someone <laughs> who's supposed to be here. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, because I just like work be working behind the scenes, but I've enjoyed, and, and I think my, maybe my parting shot is be you, you know, I think be crazy you, like, don't, don't wish to be someone else, just be, be, be you. That's yeah. nice, do you have a parting shot? 
yeah, I think it's you'd rather spend your life being an original you mm -hmm. as opposed to a manufactured version of someone else. Aye, thank Pretty you. Pretty much Peter, what Peter said. Aye. Mine is take care. Take, take care, care, guys. <laughs> take For care. Sure. Have a good day. Aye, cheers. Cheers.